This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, very excited to be chatting with an individual who's set to compete at BKFC 51, which goes down on September 29th. And we've got Harris Stevenson knuckling up and towing the line against Brian Maxwell. And great getting to have Brian on the show for the first time. How are you doing there, man? You having a solid day? Yes, sir. I'm having a pretty good day. How about yourself? Yeah, no, can't complain, man. I'm doing all right. It's a... A little bit of a rainy day, but getting a little bit of indoor work done. But, you know, going from the indoors to, you know, talking about home turf a little bit, or at the very least, home state kind of turf, I would think you'd be excited for this one, just, you know, being out of Rocky Mount and this being a big one in Virginia. So what's the excitement level for this one coming up? Man, the excitement level is far none, man. It's, it's awesome. I'm getting to actually fight at home literally right down the street from my home for the first time since 2019 and you know it's 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 a happy emotional fun time at this moment like like i'm still in in shock i'm still in awe that bkfc is finally coming to literally my backyard literally like where we're fighting at is literally 10 minutes away from my house which is fucking awesome yeah, that's wild. So is this like an arena that you have a lot of familiarity with, like maybe even going to other events and now it's kind of like you're the, you know, star attraction part of the show type vibe? Man, it's, the, this Civic Center is actually a place that, you know, I've fought at several times. I actually made my, in this same building, I actually made my professional, professional debut there and I fought there several times since then and, you know, this is my, my area been able to fight at home a lot before before bare knuckle you know like basically recruited me and i went to tryouts and then they surprised me at my they actually surprised me in 2019 at my very last fight here in this area and offered me a contract which was awesome it was very emotional night and you know i I ended up winning my fight in in less than a minute so it, it was awesome yeah, I love hearing that, and I kind of wanted to touch on the last fight a bit, too, because I would think that would fit nicely within what we're talking about, just really making that bare-knuckle history at BKFC 39 in Norfolk, Virginia, just being that first sanctioned bare-knuckle fight in Virginia. And, I mean, win- I mean, talking about winning in less than a minute, I mean, just incredible, man. So, I mean, just how satisfying was it to, you know, get that victory because you fought so many just, you know, champions or rather, like, title contenders, exemplary guys. Yeah. Yeah, you're feeling a little better about the card placement this time out. It looks like you're on the main card per the BKFC site. Yes, sir, man. I feel so much better. I didn't, 
I was on the main card because, you know, I have a huge fan base here at home. And, you know, like I said, I didn't care what part of the main card, whether I was the first fight or the second fight. As of right now, I'm the second fight on the main card, which is highly exciting because I get to watch the rest of the fights. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And, you know, one of my teammates is on the fight card with me for the first time. So that's super exciting, too. So, you know, I'm... I'm geared up, ready to go. I've been grinding. This has probably been my hardest, healthiest fight camp that I've I've had in a long time. So I'm I'm prepared. Like I, I wish it was this weekend. That's how ready I am. And based on a post I was seeing of yours, this would seem like an opponent that people have been discussing you fighting for a little while. Like there's been maybe some behind the scenes talk about you know, about offer being, you know, drawn up there. So, like, I guess how long was this fight discussed, and I guess when did you actually get the official bout offer for this one? Man, I've been asking for this fight since right before COVID hit. I've been asking for this fight since the last, let me see, what we can see was, it was the uh, Artem Lobov versus uh, Jason Knight part two fight. And, you know, after that fight, I asked for this fight. And, you know, I, it, I, it was some things that said I needed to, to do to get to get the fight. And, you know, like I said, I've been lobbying for this fight since then. And, you know, it, it was supposed to actually happen earlier, earlier this year. And it didn't happen. And then it was supposed to happen in July. But the fight card in July got canceled. So, you know... Bare Knuckles coming to my hometown. This is the fight I want. So I strictly asked for Sandman to be fight at home. I had other options, but you know I'm not one to want to take have a, have anything handed to me. I want to earn it. And him being the, a, a veteran and me being a veteran, I, I felt like it's the perfect fight for me. You know what I'm so uh, I'm happy that this fight is finally happening. And, you know, at first it was a little rocky with some stuff going on behind the scenes, but we finally got it to happen, and, you know, it's game time now. Yeah, and I mean, just based on the timeline you gave, I mean, very interesting. I mean, it would seem like that fight was on the table, or at least one you wanted for, I mean, almost four years. Like, it looked like you were targeting that after, you know, you had your, you know, initial BKFC fight there, and, yeah, he looked like he was a couple, or rather a few fights in there, so... Just what was it about him even at that early point? Like you talk about the dynamic now making sense with both of you being the BKFC veterans, but even from that early juncture, like was it, was there something about him where it's like he represented like one of the maybe like higher level guys in the division? Is it like an exciting style matchup? Like what really drew you to him that early on, I guess? Well, you know, I first seen him at the first time that I ever came to BKFC. One of my, my training partners actually fought on BKFC too, Bruce Ambrevsky. He fought Kendall Grove and, you know, Harris, he fought that night. And, you know, I watched this fight and, you know, I, I, I liked his style, you know, so that that was his debut there. And, you know, I've watched several of his fights in between. And, you know, when it came to, like I said, right before COVID hit, that interested me and fighting him because, like they say, styles make fights. And the, the style that we both have, the two different styles that we, we both have make for great, fight, great fights. And to be quite honest, this is either going to be a fight of the night or it's going to be a knockout of the night, in my honest opinion. And, you know, the re like I said, the reason I wanted to fight him is because, like, like I said, styles make fights, and that is the perfect style to test him. Not, one testing myself against it too it being him being a veteran and me being a veteran makes for a good ass fight yeah for sure i mean just on a stylistic level i mean it makes you know immediate sense but i guess just too because he's a guy that's i mean really been in there with some like you know higher end guys like former like you know title contenders and whatnot just as you have so i didn't know if there was also some dynamic of like i don't know serving a master of like getting higher within the you know hierarchy of your weight division and trying to like make a bit of a run as it were like climb the rankings i guess well to be quite honest and you know if you look at all my social medias whether it's on twitter facebook or or instagram 
you know, I got my first win and made history, and, you know, that started my mode of a comeback tour. And, you know, I've been using the hashtag comeback season, and, you know, I, I promised myself and the ones around me that this year is, is my year. It's my comeback year. It's my my year to to make a statement. And, you know, I've, I've shown great progress in my last few fights, and, you know, at first a lot of people, you know, were thinking, hey, you know, he's got this, this amount of losses. You know, this is an easy fight for me. But, you know, the, them mentioning that my last two performances has turned to zero to slim people calling me out and wanting to fight me now. I'm in a space of my last two performances. People really noticing my, my hard work and my grind and and the work that I put in. So, you know, like I said, comeback season. Yeah, bare knuckle can be a curious sort of sport in that sense, though, because, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, you got like a very all-important win, and I mean, I did see a lot of the, you know, comeback kind of rhetoric on the social media and stuff like that, but I mean, at the same time, it's like every single fight you've had, you're in there with, you know, like I was saying before, like either people who have been champions or, you know, contending for titles, for sure, so definitely like a trial by fire sort of thing, it would have seemed like, I mean, earlier BKFC journey, for sure. talking about the whole comeback tour thing on your social media and everything like that like what does the comeback tour like represent like is it mindful of getting some of these rematches like just I felt like I should ask with you you know talking about how like oh if I fought those guys now I would get the W like is this comeback tour I guess mindful of evening up a few different series that you've had with some of these guys or like what is the I guess broader aim is it just to get out there and perform your best or is there some express kind of goal or pursuit within that I guess to be quite honest, my, come, my comeback tour is, you know, starting to get these wins, to get back to the winning column. And there, there is a few of these gentlemen that I lost to that I would love to get the rematch with now. At this point, even after this win, I, I'm going to make a, if they allow me to do it, I'm going to make a special call out. I'm just not going to say it yet until then, until I, I get this win. But, you know, I've been dealing with some some mental issues because of a a nagging injury that I didn't know that I had since I fought my very first grand uncle fight in 2019 when I fought Jared Warren. That's one of the fights that I definitely want back. And, you know, I've been dealing with this injury for a while since, since then, and you know, it's held me back. It's put a mental, a mental drain on in my brain. And, and you know, every time I would go to the doctor, they would tell me that, hey, it's just swollen. You'll be fine. Blah blah blah. And then I would get to in a fight or in a fight camp and tweak it and re-hurt it. And you know, I'm the kind of person. I'm a fighter. I'm not gonna back out of a fight unless the injury is so serious that I need to back out of a fight. But it's just a nagging injury, and this last fight that I had that I won, 
Yeah, and talking about getting in that work in the gym and things like that, it seems like round 30 MMA as well as hybrid MMA are the primary spaces. Is that still where you're, you know, sharpening the proverbial tools there? I, I don't uh, train at hybrid anymore, but I do still train at, at round 30 MMA. That's been my home gym since 20 you mentioned that that was something i did at least kind of briefly want to touch on because it just seemed like an interesting event when you fought ocho senko there just donning the big gloves and you know boxing chad johnson and just being part of that you know floyd mayweather versus logan paul event that seemed to drum up a certain level of attention and i understand jorge masvidal helped you set that up so can you give me the full timeline like getting involved in that just what it was like etc because i'm very curious
just the, the whole time that I've been gone, what is going on? Should I call them? Can you call them? Like, it was freaking me out. So once I got back, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. And the next day, on that Monday, you know, my active running manager comes and tells me while I'm at work, hey, um, you know why Chad's been calling you, right? And I was like, nope. I was still weirded out by it. And she let me know that, hey, Oh, uh, well, he's been hitting you up because y'all are fighting. And I was like, what? Fighting? Where? And, and, like, she told me for Mayweather Promotions, and I was like, oh, crap. Like, like I was freaking out. Like, I literally shed a man tear for a second. So, you know, after I got done talking to her, I um, I called Nate Shook, and, you know, I asked him, asked him what was going on, and after he gave me further details and let me know what was going on, and... You know, we agreed to terms that this fight wouldn't hurt my bare knuckle fight. You know, I was in, and, you know, I couldn't tell anybody. I was just having a moment that that whole, those 48 hours after finding that out was a crazy moment for me. And I was freaking out. I was, you know, sitting man tears. I was like, man, this is about to be life-changing. And, man, I, I was just, just all over the place with emotions and, and it, it was wild, and then, you know, for like two, three weeks, I wasn't able to be able to say nothing on social media about it, or I couldn't really tell nobody except for, you know, really the ones that I was around, and I, you know, I had to, to make them promise that they would not leak this until it was officially out, and then once stuff started coming out, it just went berserk, and I'm telling you, when I said life changer, everything was a life changer, and it was awesome, and like I said, I'm still in shock for it. I don't know how Jorge Masvidal got my name, how I got brought up in the conversation, none of that, like, but the only thing I do know is Ochenchenko and Jorge Masvidal, they deal with each other, and they're friends, and... You know, that's that's my only lead into that. But other than that, man, I'm still I'm still shocked to this day and it's been two years since the fight and these past two years have been wonderful and it's crazy how much people still talk about that fight two yeah. years later. Like it, it it's crazy. Like I've been deemed a how can I put this? A celebrity now, so it, it, it's definitely been wild, and I and I'm here for it, and I love it, and and I talk to Chad like literally all the time. He's became a friend, he's became a mentor, and he's became one of my biggest supporters, you know, throughout this journey since we we fought. I actually just talked to him literally two days ago, because he you know he posted on his Instagram about my fight and stuff. So yeah, I'm glad I got that relationship out of this fight. Yeah, it just seemed like you both got so much out of it. I mean, it did ultimately end in a draw because it was an exhibition, obviously. But, I mean, he got the experience of, you know, going the distance, doing his thing, kind of getting that feel. Like, you got a knockdown and, like you said, some notoriety thereafter. So, it seemed like a real win-win in a lot of ways. Yes, sir. And then, you know, after that fight, you know, him being... You know, me and him chatted after the fight for like an hour and talked and had a good time. And I met his family and, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I put him on the spot, but I think I did put him on the spot. Like that night, I asked him, because my, my next brand uncle fight was the same place we fought in three weeks later. And I asked him, would he be uh would it be would he be blessed would not would he be blessed but I would be blessed for him to be in the corner in one of my corners in my next fight and he said yeah man without a doubt anything you need I got you and you know my very next bare knuckle fight three weeks later he was in my corner and that's basically my profile picture on Instagram yeah I love that man so good just like the whole journey of like you said a guy that you looked up to and now you guys are friends and he's cornering you so Love to see all of that, but one of the last things I kind of wanted to touch on while I have you, just because you mentioned a bit earlier about Harris Stevenson and kind of seeing that there would be a finish at some point in this fight. I mean, like a fight of the night caliber of about, I guess in kind of saying that, because I know some fighters really get into the visualization and kind of lock into like almost like a predominant visualization, like they see the fight ending in like a very particular way. Are, are, are you a fighter that does that or maybe not so much? I mean, 
yeah, I mean, your fight resume and just what you bring to the table definitely underscores that in a big way, man. But just really appreciate the time and getting you on the show. I'm curious if maybe there's like a final parting thought you'd like to add as we're kind of wrapping up though, Brian. Uh, I would like to, first of all, shout out to all my sponsors. First and foremost, my family, my friends, and all my teammates that have helped me throughout this fight camp and the rest of this fight camp. We're two weeks out, September 29th, uh, Salem Civic Center. Come out and enjoy. And, you know, I want to personally thank you for having me and considering me to be on your show. And, you know, I've been peeping keeping everything that you've done for a while. I just didn't, I didn't even know we weren't friends on Facebook until, until you messaged me. I was like, man, I thought we'd been friends. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm very gracious, man. This is my, actually my first interview while I'm in fight camp. And, uh, you know, I got my own podcast called the Mr. Red Rims Podcast that I just kicked off a month ago, five episodes deep. And, you know, like, like I said, you know, it's a blessing to, this is my first pair bare knuckle po- a podcast that, or or article that I've got to join since I've been in fight camp because like I said I've been locked in and you know I got messages that I still haven't read so I, I'm about to do all that later today once I get out the gym and get in this ice bath to recover and, and to relax and start answering some people back about sponsorships and, and doing interviews and I didn't want to schedule none before this one so I really wanted to do this one first so thank you for having me oh that's really kind of you to say man I mean super appreciate you you know taking the time to check out the work and for enjoying it have definitely enjoyed your fights for a while so cool we could finally you know make this happen here and everything like that and just appreciate you you know prioritizing the interview and everything definitely a humbling thing to hear for sure but very much excited for this BKFC 51 event and very much think this Harris Stevenson fight is going to be a barn burner for sure. So thank you for giving insights ahead of this great fight on September 29th. But until that all goes down, Brian, you just have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, excited to be talking to an individual who competes at BKFC 51 on September the 29th. And it's a very intriguing fight with Brian Maxwell knuckling up and towing the line against Harris Stevenson. And great getting to have Harris on the show for the first time. How's everything going there, man? Oh, man, it's going good. Just cutting these last few pounds and getting ready to make the trip over to Virginia to go take on Brian next Friday. Yeah, and I mean, quite the run you've had for sure. Like, I saw the post you had a bit ago talking about how you're making your eighth appearance against another, you know, BKFC veteran in his home state. So, I mean, this seems like an interesting one. Just both of you guys have been, you know, kind of stalwarts on the circuit for a bit now. Is this someone you always figured one day you'd end up fighting, I guess? Uh, no, honestly. I, I honestly think there are crossing just because I've always thought I want to wait at 165. And I've met Brian a few times, and that was a real cool dude. I was actually on one of his old podcasts back in the day when I first got into BKFC. I think he was uh, one of the announcers on the podcast uh, with Bruce Garlowski, or I can't think of how to say his last name, but I, I mean, I'd always had good runs with, with Brian, and then about two years ago, he uh, he made a Facebook post about wanting to fight me, and he's always fought at 185, and again, I fought at 165, so I was like, that's a little strange. But, I, you know, if anybody wants to fight me, I, I'll honor that request any way I can. So, um, for the last two years, we've been trying to make it happen. Had some complications between venues and dates and other fights being lined up for both of us. So, this fight came around, and they offered me to go up to Virginia to fight him. And I, I'm not a traveling person. I'm an introvert. I'm a homebody. I'd much rather fight somewhere close and not have to do the whole travel ordeal for it but because 
this has been ongoing for so long and it needs to come to fruition, I'm going to make that trip and make it happen. So you're a guy that, like, <clears throat> if you can have it your way, quote-unquote, like, you almost get more fired up being, like, the, you know, home crowd kind of guy as opposed to, like, all that, you know, comes with having to travel and be out of your immediate zone for a fight? Yeah, it, I, it's not necessarily uh, about the home crowd, per se, although that is very nice to But it's, it's more or less, I just don't travel. I don't get out much. I'm If I'm not at work or training, I'm at home with my family, my wife and my kids. So uh, I'm not a big person to ever been out and try to go go hit the casinos or, or even go out to the shop. And I do all my shopping online for the most part for clothes and such. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm real introverted. And most people wouldn't guess it from me if he actually met me in person. But I'm, I'm very quiet and standoffish and just kind of mind my own business. And, and this is kind of my alternate personality. It comes out in the ring. Yeah, it would seem like more the competition aspects are what draws you to it than, like, I don't know, being the guy under the spotlight, for lack of a better way to phrase it. Yeah, yeah. Competition, the competition aspect of fighting, for me, is, is what it's all about. Is Honestly, I like doing something that scares the hell out of me, and it kind of pushes me mentally, physically, and even emotionally for growth and I don't think you can grow inside your comfort zone so therefore I push myself outside of my comfort zone every time I step in that ring and every time I question my sanity when I'm doing it and wonder what the heck I'm doing because I mean I'm working full time I'm uh, full time in college got a 4.0 GPA GPA and an academic scholarship I mean I got a lot going for me and then I'm still still pursuing the fighting thing as well so I just that's just something that helps me kind of level out and kind of push myself and it seems like that sentiment extends across multiple combat sports like it looked like he got some late august mma action in there and it looked like it was a competitive fight and cool takeaway where you were talking about just you know being injury free and just really wanting to stay active after you know getting like 15 minutes of hard-fought action and so i would think that you know that would be a good thing. I mean, in like the very rigid binary of a win or a loss, it didn't necessarily go your way, but it seems like you got a lot out of that last MMA fight there. Absolutely, absolutely. That last MMA fight, it was, it was for title belt. We were the main event. It was for a 185 title. I knew I was going to have this uh, fight at 185 in Virginia. So even in MMA, I usually fight welterweight, which is 170 in MMA. Um, but because I was, already had Virginia in mind, I went ahead and Decided to go up for, for that title fight. I uh, lost a controversial split decision. That may get run back in the future. We'll, we'll see. But it was a very tough, uh, legitimate BJJ black belt. And it was very, very close fights. But, I mean, those close fights, are, we run the most. It's not the quick wins or even the um, longevity wins. A lot of times it's those, those losses that you really have to evaluate your performance and evaluate what you could have done better. Uh, to improve that you really grow as a fighter inside that, that ring. Yeah, and I mean, it's ultimately a different combat sport, but were there any takeaways from that last fight that could be, like, transferred to this bare-knuckle fight, or not so much? Uh, honestly, there was, and the takeaways that I got was I, I'm, I've always been a mental fighter. I've always overthought things, obviously, with with my mindset, I, if I think about something too much, I kind of get my own head about it. Um, I, with that fight, I did kind of get my head a little bit. I, I did some uh, fight review right up to that fight, and I kind of altered my game plan slightly to mirror something I had seen previously done in, in fights against that opponent, and it didn't work out in my favor. And uh, so this fight, I'm going to fight my fight. I'm not going to try to mirror anybody else and I'm going to continue to pick apart Brian's game that I've picked apart for the last couple of years. Ever since he called me out, I've kind of kept an eye on him and had that on my back burner uh, as far as my training aspect and what to look for and then kind of knowing what I was going to train for whenever he and I eventually did have the line together. Yeah, for sure. And just kind of an interesting spot that you're in, but also for the division overall. And I don't know if I misconstrued what you were you know, saying there, if maybe you were referring to your last, you know, bare knuckle fight there in that, but just kind of even checking that out, someone like Caleb Harris, who, you know, has gone on to obviously contend for the title. Like, it seems like in a certain regard, the division has a certain level of 
kind of being open right now. Like I saw even before your you know rematch with Caleb Harris, you were kind of thinking of a title run and not overlooking your opponent here, but I would feel like just the state of the division and just, you know, what you've done in the company, maybe you string like a couple or a few together and you're like favorably, you know, in that like title contender hierarchy. Like, do you think about that at all? Or is it just pure blinders on just looking at the next one kind of thing? Uh, honestly, I do. I do look at the future within the company and trying to get for that title contention spot. Um, honestly, this going up to, to 185 is kind of testing the waters uh, for that division within BKFC because I feel like in BKFC having a size advantage is a definite advantage to have, but it's not as significant as it would be in MMA if that makes sense because in MMA and that wrestling aspect of it, being a larger man and being able to kind of throw your opponent around at will, those extra 10, 15 pounds of muscle come into play significantly. Whereas in DKSD, I feel like my speed my and my durability along with my endurance is going to help a little bit more than just trying to be the bigger guy. And I'm going to test that theory in uh, two weeks and see if my endurance and my speed can kind of give me the win and kind of yeah, and just very interesting for sure. I mean, what kind of motivated that almost? Because it would seem it would seem like mostly you were, you know, in that welterweight kind of picture for a bit and then not going up even just one weight category, but two going to light heavyweight here like when did that start to kind of i guess germinate as like a decision for you like when did you start thinking like oh i could probably like make a run at light heavyweight uh it's kind of since i've, I've put on a little bit a little bit size over the last couple of years i'm getting older i'm 34 years old so the weight's not coming off like it used to i have to be a little bit more my, more mindful of my diet and that's never fun uh Probably the worst part about fighting, I'd rather get punched in the face ten times and have to get on diet for a week. That's just me. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very old school with with my diet, and I like to do the do the kid diet, hamburgers and pizza if I could, and get away with it. You know, so yeah. it, it's it's kind of just been in the back of my mind and moving up for MMA side of it. The next weight class up from from welterweight is middleweight for. Uh, in May, and that's 185. So then I'd like to stay in the same realm to where if I'm going to be fighting 185 and MMA, then obviously in bare knuckle, I'd want to do the same. I'd have to cut 10 extra pounds that way. And my weight's always where it needs to be as far as cutting for a camp and such. So it's like I said, it's testing the waters. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna give it my best shot in two weeks. I think I'm going to prove a lot of people wrong, and a lot of people, I know people have doubts. and. Uh, see Maxwell as the bigger guy and gonna kind of impose his will, if you will. Um, but I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think it's gonna be a much different fight than what people are gonna anticipate. And I, I honestly don't. I definitely don't see a culture decision. I mean, within that, do you have like maybe a certain round in your head that you've been visualizing a fair bit that it may end, or? I, I do. I don't want to come out and say too much. I will say I see it ending within three. Yeah, I mean, I love hearing that. Just such an intriguing fight because, I mean, your opponent very similar to you in certain regards, like at least in as far as being like a tenured kind of performer within the company and just, you know, looking at his resume. I mean, so many like interim title contenders, title contenders, people who become champions and you know, across multiple divisions. So I guess in saying all of that, like, what are your thoughts on, you know, Brian Maxwell's BKFC resume, but also like X's and O's wise, like what does he really do well in the ring from what you've seen? Brian, man, he, he's, he's had a tough go. I'll tell you that. He's, he's fought some of, the, some of the toughest names in the division, some of the toughest names in the company. Um, and I think people kind of lose sight of that when they make their judgments of Brian, but I'm not something at, at face value I kind of do a little bit deeper research and I know the guys at Brian's fault and, and I've seen his performances against those guys and he's, he's held up man dude's, dude's tough he's durable um, he's good at keeping range until 
loves the distance and playing tight, which he shouldn't do, being as tall as he is, or he'll as a he had an issue. He's corrected in the last couple fights, but he had an issue with shelling up too quickly. So if he he get hit and he started getting overwhelmed a little bit, he'd shell up and then start paying too much punishment that he shouldn't take. Whereas these last couple of fights, he's improved drastically, and he's he no longer shells up like that. He'll actually move out of the way and and circle out like he's supposed to. And so that's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what changes he's made between his last fight, uh, where he won in Virginia, to this fight where we're fighting again in Virginia. And kind of testing his growth, and then testing my growth as well. Yeah, I mean, for sure, there's a lot going into this fight that's very exciting. I mean, when I saw the matchup announced, it's just one of those fights that just jumps off, you know, a poster and stuff like that for people who, like, actively follow the BKFC scene. But curious to, you know, get some thoughts on this because obviously a lot is made of your career, your day job when you're not out there knuckling up and towing the line, just being a police officer and, you know, fighting Mississippi crime and all that. Like, do you ever have any kind of crossover with that? Like, are you like on duty as a police officer and people are like, hey, like you're that BKFC fighter. Like, is there any stuff like that or maybe not so much? Uh, There has been. It's really not too prevalent. Uh, Just because I've kind of created a separate identity between my work personality and my fight personality. Um, Just because I, I... I do see the fight side of me as like an alternate personality. It's not, you know, I don't want to be judged solely based on that. I don't want somebody to, to see that side of me and then make a, uh, an assumption of what my personality is going to be. I and honestly, when I get into law enforcement over a decade ago, uh, that was actually a, a hard thing to overcome because I was already professional. I was born at the time I got into uh, law enforcement and actually the chief of police who hired me had me retire from MMA to pursue my career in law enforcement. And that was simply because of the stigma associated with MMA fighters and that they were kind of beatheads and egotistical. And, and anybody who knows me can tell you I'm not that guy. Even now, as many fights as I've had, I'm very passive. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I don't, I don't think of the meathead mindset of, Oh, I'm going to solve things with my fist. Now I'm very logical. I'm very well thought out. And I, I try to outthink people when I try to do anything. Um, but thankfully now, I don't really have an issue with me like figuring out who I am because I'm actually behind the desk now. I'm a uh, detective sergeant professional standards. So I do background investigation and internal investigations. you kind of touched on something sort of interesting there like how maybe like a while ago you were more kind of out there in the public eye and I I get what you're saying it's sort of that sentiment we were talking about before where it's like you like to keep the you know public life and the personal life a little bit private and everything but I mean even in saying that it does seem like there has been a certain level of shift in at least how some people see bare knuckle or how some people are even like you know talking about the sport and just curious to you know get your thoughts being that you're someone who you know, debuted on BKFC too. Like, it seems like there's a lot more discourse about, like, you know, fight IQ and people talking about the sport in a bit more of an informed kind of way. Like, have you noticed that sort of, I guess, like, learning curve and progression with maybe how people, you know, talk about the sport of bare knuckle and analyze it and approach it? Uh, 
absolutely. I mean, I, when I got back in, when I got into Bare Knuckles 2018, that was big SU2 that came to Biloxi, Mississippi, and uh, and everybody thought I was crazy. They thought I was barbaric and you know, real um, inhumane in a sense. And you know, they thought it was just kind of like a, a mentality for like a rock and soccer robot, super scandalous. But I can attest to the fact that it's so much more than that. And although I've never done a professional boxing match, I've done different boxing competitions and bare knuckle between all of my fight careers or all my all the fights I've had between the different platforms, it is so much technically advanced and it, it, there is so much science behind it and there is so much Yeah, and it's cool because you strike me as a guy that as much as there's like, <clears throat> you know, the growth in physical technique, fight to fight, it's like you very much, I guess, learn broader lessons about just the sport and how you approach it. Like, it seems like there's that like incremental, you know, improvement pattern across your fights with guys like, you know, Melvin Gillard and stuff like that. And, you know, getting out there and thrown down with guys like that, thrown down with, you know, Dave Rickles on short notice or accepting that fight on short notice. So yeah, just, you know, a lot going on there. Like, it just seems like there very much is that defined kind of pattern of learning and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like I said, my, when I first got into bearing alcohol, I honestly wasn't sure what to expect. I kind of went in with the mentality uh, of, I just have to be quicker and land first. And then my second fight with the promotion at BKFC three, when I fought Elvin Brio, uh, went to the fifth round and I ended up getting caught in the round and knocked out. But, uh, just that one fight in and of itself showed me that it's not about who's quicker, it's not about who hits first. Uh, it's about the actual movements. It's about the intricacy of your, your shots that you throw, where you land them, and what kind of combination you put in while the heck out of the way and not getting caught in the process. So it's, it's being able to yeah for sure i just love hearing all those great insights man but i do want to be mindful of your time and everything i appreciate you coming on and giving such great insights but just in saying all of that is there maybe like a final parting thought you'd want to add as we're kind of wrapping things up here harris uh no man i just uh, i appreciate everybody who who's tuned into the previous fights monitor flights of the promotion because it definitely means the world to us, and that's why we do it, and it's kind of why I, I continue to push myself, and I've been fighting for 16 years now, so it's, it's definitely something that I do for myself and for that personal growth aspect of it, but having people reach out and, and tell me that they enjoy seeing the things that I'm able to do in the ring, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, it, it truly does help keep, keep me motivated for this long and push through the minor injuries and such and you know and it's it's tough with a wife and a 13 year old daughter and a 6 year old daughter you know to make the time to work full time go to school full time and train full time and then still have time for them so um, 
like I said, it's, it's, it can be a thankless career, but fortunately, the fans of the KFC uh, are very, very outgoing uh, with their support, and and they they reach out more frequently than people would think, and just kind of get their good wishes and such, and I truly appreciate it when they do. So that definitely helps keep me going. Well, it's an awesome note to end things off, man, and good to hear you're getting that level of respect because you've definitely been, you know, putting in that work for a while. And, <clears throat> I mean, the next chapter in this great story unfurling on September 29th and definitely excited for that Brian Maxwell fight at BKFC 51. But just, again, to reiterate, really appreciate you making the time, man, and just, you know, looking forward to checking out the fight. But until then, you have a good rest of your day, Harris. Thank you. Yes, sir. You take care of yourself too, man. I appreciate you so much for having me on.